Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, and welcome to the pod where we chat, argue, and wax poetic about the movies that we love, hate, or are simply worth talking about. All movies have something to say, and we enjoy trying to analyze what they capture. Welcome to the Shatter After. I am Brandon, the ho- one of the one of the hosts of the Shatter After. Welcome, guys. I'm so excited to bring you take five. We're going to talk about an amazing movie, 1997's award-winning out of 61 nominations got 24 awards goodwill hunting um one of the movies that put matt damon ben affleck on the map gave robin williams a huge amount of supporting actor role awards um an amazing and filled with amazing moments great music and just a movie that just wells you up inside makes you feel whole and reminds you what is awesome to be human and relationships and friends and you know life in general um, Google Home Things is an amazing movie, and what an amazing movie to talk with such amazing people. I am here with the one and only Mike Thomas. What's good, everybody? You know, Attack on Titan recently came to an end, so I had to represent the scouts. I'm just happy to be here talking Google Hunting. It's way less traumatic than Attack on Titan. <laughs> nice. It's very interesting the fact that you throw that Attack on Titan reference there, and the, those that know, know. I'm representing the one of the halves of Fat Man Beyond because this is Mark Bernard's shirt. Be humble, <laughs> but let motherfucker know. So just saying, since we're throwing reference out there. And of course, from the amateur taku, our good friend Isaac Wolf is down there. And we have the co-host of the Soup Suit Up Geeks podcast. Ryan, thank you for joining us for this awesome chat, man. No, what's going on, guys? Thank you so much for having me on and for a movie that honestly has taken me way too long to fully watch, but 100% glad that I got to witness this thing. Yeah, Goodwill Hunting is one of those films, like, it's very possible that people of these latest two decades, like, of this last two generations, most people know it by scenes. They know individual scenes. They know the slang. For some reason, I felt that I was talking in the Boston accent when I was saying the intro. That's a different story. Um, <laughs> But uh, they know the lines. They know that Robin Williams did a breakout drama role in this film, which, by the way, Robin Williams is one of the was one of the best dramatic actors that I've ever seen. Like his drama role is just phenomenal. Um, which rest in peace, Robin Williams. I miss that guy. Um, but what a remarkable film! There's so much to say about it. And I think that the best way to start this, which is the way of doing it in the chatter after, is to give away our general thoughts of the film, and then we'll break down the things that made it tick, that we love, and things we didn't like or did like, um, and go from there. So, Ryan, you're the guest. You're joining us. Goodwill Hunting. What do you have to say after watching it? Is this your first time watching it? So I've watched it halfway through like three times and i had fallen asleep for whatever reason because i've always watched it after a long day but you know i really that. wanted to come on this one because i i really wanted to watch it and coming out of it one of the best things and one of the worst things that made me really appreciate this was how much i miss robin williams because yeah. holy shit he he is literally a shining star in this movie along with matt damon and um Ben Affleck in this movie who are co-writers, which is another thing to even consider. This is the movie that really pushed them into Hollywood, not only as the actors, but as writers. Um, 
And to get Robin Williams in this type of film with them for first-time writers for a big Hollywood film is kind of astonishing. And to have this great dynamic between the leads of Will Hunting and Sean, it, their dynamic plays so well in this movie. And you really feel like Robin Williams is a fucking therapist in your life. Because if, if he was my therapist, I'd bore my soul to this man. And it's one of the most unorthodox ways of counseling. And I think that's the thing that really does work and speaks to me is because I feel, I feel like a lot of people nowadays don't want to go to counseling and it's sort of, it's because of this repetitive form of how they do it in some sense, but it's always refreshing to see when someone really does take their job into consideration and really cares when they're so bright and smart, but still overtaken by in this case, their college roommate used to be best friend, played by Stellan Skarsgård, which I was thoroughly surprised was in this movie, which I love to see. Um, but yeah, I, I love this movie so much. has so many great messages coming out of it, especially from Broken Homes. Um, just connected with me a lot on that aspect. And yeah, miss Robin Williams so much after this role. Totally. Isaac. Well... Uh, it's funny, so to speak. I first saw the uh, glimpses of this movie when uh, it was uh, playing on a ch uh, channel. I liked it so much that I bought it uh, at the time. Now, after rewatching it, I uh, enjoyed it even more. Even though it's it, it's sort of uh, like it hit, uh, if you have gone to therapy, the sessions between Matt Damon and Robin Williams hits hard. It's, it's some of the best writing in terms of the therapeutic sessions I have seen. And uh, I can understand completely why Robin Williams won a Best Actor award for his role in Good Will Hunting, because God, he was superb yeah. in, in this movie. It's a Everyone uh, all around is really good in this movie, but Robin Williams in particular just nails it in this film. Mike. So this is like my fourth time watching Goodwill Hunting. Um, the first since like 2017. Watching this movie post-pandemic, post-pandemic. <laughs> It's like, yeah, I, I totally get what, what Isaac's saying is that you have a, a new appreciation because um, I don't necessarily relate to Matt Damon's character, Will, that much, but I appreciate Robin Williams' character, right? Him trying to share his experience, trying to share his knowledge and pass it on to someone who at first isn't very receptive of it, but you see that relationship slowly change and grow as the story goes on. I think that's the most human element of the entire story, right? It's one thing to have him uh, basically giving these Uncle Iroisms, right? <laughs> the entire film. And then he just flips. But seeing that relationship and that camaraderie kind of develop until by the end of the movie, you realize these guys are legitimately close. And it makes sense, but you don't really think about it. The first hour that they're having the, these sessions together. It's just really strong writing. And I can't believe this movie's 25 years old this yeah, year. Yeah, right? Yeah. It's December of this year. It's going to be 25 years old. It's crazy. It's fucking crazy. Oh my God. It's, it's 
it's insane because at some films start to feel dated. This one feels like it could have been made this year, last year, yep. it, because I feel like the message that it, it's pushing and the and the direction is so strong that it's it's a timeless story. We're going to be talking about this another twenty five years from now. Yeah. So so before I give my take, um, I just want to clear with 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 the room, Mike, you're going to be sneaking Avatar references whenever you can, right? That's just the way it is. Probably that's probably how this is going to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, because that was a very smooth. Yep. <laughs> so I don't know how many times I've seen this film, um, but it is it is such a powerful, powerful movie with so many powerful performances. It's very nuanced. Um, it's very part of the state and city where it takes place. You know, like there's yeah. no way that me, I've never been to Boston. But for the little I know of Boston, I feel that I've been to Boston after I've seen this movie. You know, like it's very, you know, like the slang, everything's there. Of course, they're also from there, from that area. So it, it would make Boston. sense. Boston. Um, but there's the the dialogue in this film, the writing in this film, the 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 scenes, the direction. There is so much stuff that happens in the background just for the sake of getting a specific point across. And I like the fact that it's even though it's a film that's that builds on builds moments on top of each other, right? As it progresses, because we're talking about a relationship that develops and grows, it is also a film with a central narrative from start to finish that is so clear. You know, that it's so clear, so transparent. It's not trying to to play with you. It's just telling you, hey, this is a story about this kid and about the relationships that are going to push him in a direction. You know what I mean? And they just want you to go along for the ride. And I think that's a good starting off point to to start our discussion, because one of the things that I love about this film is that even though we have a good ending, right? Us that play video games know that there's games that have multiple endings, endings, right? And you have your good ending, your bad ending, your perfect ending, right? A lot of games have multiple endings, right? This is not a film that has a perfect ending. It's a film that has a good ending. And the reason I, I, I feel that way is because at the end of the day, it's not whether or not he had an epic ending. It's all about the fact that this kid that started scared, holed up in his own world, decided to take a shot at life yeah that's that's the point it's not about and and how many times have have we been there which is why i think the whole the whole idea of the movie is so relatable like how many times have we not ha, have we missed out on things because we haven't taken the shot and i like how that's like the main theme of the whole movie and how it carries through and how it's kind of like explored through all the different characters, all the different interactions, all the different relationships, um, and how not, and the, the dichotomy between knowledge and experience. There's so many things. This is so smart. Like, I'm not surprised at all that Matt Damon and Ben Affleck won so many awards for screenplay. Because if you think about it, this did not win Best Picture in any of the awards that I've seen. But it won multiple Best Screenplay. And that wasn't even the original screenplay. Do you guys know what the original screenplay for this was? No. It what? was supposed to be a thriller 
<laughs> where where they were using like what? Will Hunting to like be a code breaker or something. <laughs> like, yeah, it was something. It was supposed to be something like that. But then, uh, with a name like Will Hunting, that is kind of funny. Yeah, <laughs> and but it wasn't until the producers got involved that the producers gave the suggestion to move into focus on the the uh, the Sean McGuire and Will Hunting relationship to focus on that. Which good thing they did because man, what a great result, right? Um. That leads now, me to what you were you were saying earlier, right? About how he doesn't get the true ending. It, it's basically what Sean is telling him about that that baseball game, right? And yeah. how he missed the biggest game of his life to be with one person. He took that shot. He took that chance. Yeah. And yeah. I'm glad that you noticed that that's kind of like the narrative thread going through yeah. this entire story because I think that's a message we don't see often it's like you try you fail but you don't stop trying you have to go for it right and also um isn't it interesting how you see the idea of taking the shot throughout the different characters right you have will hunting which is the kid that's afraid to take a shot right you have bill who every time he gets fired he finds the job right away <laughs> that's 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 his, that's his friend, the redhead friend, that the one that helped put the engine together towards the end. You have Sean that took a shot, lost badly towards the end, and is afraid to take another. You have, you have, you have Jerry that took a shot to be the best map machine in his, but he feels unfulfilled. Like you have a lot of people. You have Mini Driver's character Skyler that took a shot, that's taking the shot to try and be the best doctor she can be, and she's not stopping for anybody. Like it's different ways of, of transmitting the ideas and I don't know, it's just so smart. Um, and to think that these are some of the best actors and on the other side, directors working right now, that this yeah. is where they started, you know, and we've all been there, right? We all know about that moment where we either took, take a shot or not. Like this podcast wouldn't have happened if we didn't take a shot, right? <laughs> exactly. I just want to circle back right quick to the best picture winner of that year. So this would be the Oscars of 1998. It was Titanic, just so everybody knows. Why it didn't win? It was Titanic. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying it was a Titanic loss? Um, I'm so, uh, Isaac, you're quiet, so I figured I, <laughs> I throw a pun here. Or... He picked up the slack, Isaac. <laughs> I'm yes. so ashamed of him. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Don't worry, my heart will go on. Um, no. <laughs> someone screamed no, and it was perfect. Um, so now, now, Ryan, um, do you have a favorite moment, a favorite scene, a favorite character? I think, I think it might go towards your Robin Williams catchback, probably. <laughs> so it's between that and ironically enough, the very ending when Will decides to drive the car that his buddies gave him to go yeah. for Skyler in California. And I'm stuck between both of them because they're both of the places that we've led up to from this beginning. We finally get to see Will and Sean have that emotional connection that everyone's been trying to get out of Will through the entire movie. A few yeah. scenes before this, he had a fight with Skyler and broke up because he couldn't even say the words, I love you to her. When in, reality he really did but he was too afraid to say it because of his past 
And mm-hmm. after all this emotional buildup, you finally get this amazing release of tension to see the true character that is Will Hunting, this smart and vulnerable person on the inside who's too afraid to be vulnerable because being vulnerable is what's gotten him hurt throughout his entire existence. So I think having Sean and his wife's story compared to dealing with all of his life tragedies, it just hits so well. It it really does. And the thing that I really like about the directing in this movie is they, they hold on them so much so you can really grasp and hold on to those deep and emotional moments that feel rewarding because when we all sit down after having this massive blowout of emotions after holding it all in you just sit there for a second you you hold on that emotion with whoever you're with or by yourself so to be able to experience that with these two characters that have been butting heads for most of the movie and finally come together is it's just a beautiful moment all around. True. And I like the fact that you brought um, one of the topics that I wanted to talk about to the forefront, the idea of vulnerability, right? Yeah. And of being vulnerable and and the different meanings that that theme takes, takes hold of towards the film. Because you get one of the biggest things that that I think plays in the therapy session scenes which we automatically go to the to the to the real ones right with Sean but we got to also go back to those with the original therapists why because what's the big thing about these therapists and why couldn't they not connect with Will it's because they had you can definitely tell that they didn't care about knowing Will they didn't care about allowing themselves to be vulnerable they had their mindset of what the problem was and that he needed to be fixed. And, and the key that, that allows that relationship to work or re, or even us, like the key to most real relationships is how vulnerable are you willing to allow yourself to be with someone else? And it wasn't until, and the fact that Sean was able, even though he was still struggling with everything with this, with the grief that he's going through with his wife, the fact that Sean was able to be vulnerable towards Will, to see Will, to see Will not as a genius, but as a person, someone that Will can be vulnerable with, that's the key that, un- that's what unlocks, right? It unlocks his heart. No, that's what unlocks Will's voice, right? Towards actually being able to talk through therapy. Um, and it's it's just phenomenal how how he, we're able to see how it starts with literally Will breaking his life apart, right? Yeah. And him thinking about it. And we got to go to that scene in the pond, at the pond, at the lake, right? What an iconic scene. First off, what a twist because we're all expecting to be back in the office. You know, we're not expecting Sean to go, come with me. Like, we're not expecting that. And I like yeah. how we're seeing a pattern that, like, will in control of every scenario, will in control of every situation. But Sean is now taking hold and saying, come with me. Like, literally him saying, this is my turn. Right? And then he has that conversation. 
and he talks about the idea of experience. And it's like, hey, you can know everything in the world, but you haven't lived it. And there's a difference. And the idea that this is the one moment where Will does not say a word. And and the fact that you can see so much so much emotion and like you can feel what's going on in, in Will's head, thanks to Matt Damon's phenomenal acting. Yeah. You know, um, that's one of my favorite movies in the film. I don't know about you guys. That's one of my like, that's one of like, the, like if we were to call, you know how you have like movies have acts, right? That's definitely like the end of act one. Like we're moving towards something else. That's one yeah. of the big turns, right? Yeah, it's such a, it's such a great moment. Um, not to just drift too far off topic though, but like, I just love Ben Affleck's character in this film as well. Chucky, like. He he's that one friend who's trying to push Will to be better. Yeah. Cause he's like, I don't he's like, I want to come to your house one day and you just not be here because you finally took that chance. And I think ha- the supporting cast for this film is incredible all across the board. But I just really like having that one character who is trying to push Will to be his very best. Because we have Skylar and Sean, but these are relatively new people in his life. Right. Having someone who's been there, who's been a part of his life for God knows how long. I really just like that relationship and kind of how it shows that it's it's probably helping convince Will more than anything that, yeah, maybe I am doing this wrong because all of these people are telling me one thing and I keep kind of going with the other. And so I just, I really enjoyed Ben Affleck's performance in this movie. I think it's one of his more underrated performances because he doesn't get a ton of screen time, but whenever he's there, it I think he's doing a fantastic job. He knows how to tell jokes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. And and I like that you mentioned the whole thing about him being the one constant pushing force. I, I really like that about his character too, because not, not to belittle anyone in Ben Affleck's position, like an actual person in Affleck's position, but yeah. it's not, it's very hard for you to have a conversation with someone and tell him, just so you know, if I'm here working demo for the next 20 years, I understand that knowing my own self, this is probably the best I can do. You know how vulnerable you're, you, you have to be to be able to say that? Yeah. You know, that's not easy to say. And, and the idea, and I, I think one of the best lines comes in that scene where he goes like, you're sitting on a winning lottery ticket, but you're too much of a pussy to cash it in. Yeah. Like we all need that pep talk. Yeah. But that's like, like you're don't saying, be a pussy. <laughs> like, like you're saying though, like to be a big enough person to admit like, yeah, this is, I'm at my limit here. I've, this is as right. far as I can go, but also right. being a good enough friend to realize and be a good enough friend to actually voice and say, Hey, you can do better. You need to do better. Yeah. That is so huge from, from that character's perspective. If, if I might interject, there's one other thing that I think really differentiates Sean from the rest of the therapist. And I think even not even just the therapist, but everyone in his life. And I would say it's the understanding of what he's gone through. And Sean understands that almost immediately you can sense just from their very first interaction to their second. 
And just having a second interaction alone already shows you that because all the other therapists just walk out either halfway through, don't want to meet him after the first one because he's such a smart ass or he won't talk. But because Sean understands him, he's willing to hold out that one week, two week, three week that it might take for him to finally understand where Sean is at and understands that he understands where he's coming at without him actually saying anything. And I think Sean is the only character that truly understands uh, Will in this movie because like holistic, like holistic. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Straight up because yeah. in regard, it's Stellan Skarsgård's character, Do- uh, Dr. Gerald, Professor Gerald, that kind of pushes him forward in his life and wants him to do better, who encourages him to do better. But he doesn't because he doesn't understand him. He just wants to go to next therapist after next therapist after next therapist because he's got the next Einstein on his hands. And you even see that argument between them um, right before you have that big climactic open heart moment between Sean and Will. Um, And that's another thing that I think that adds to Sean and Will's relationship that is very deep and sentimental that most people might not realize. For sure. It, it, you bring something also very important, um, Ryan, which I'm glad you brought it up. And it's the whole thing about the different roles and the different way and the different perspective that different characters view Will, right? So like the, the guys from Boston, you know, um, Morgan, Chucky, and Bill, they see him as family. Right, Skyler sees him as a person, and and I think that's why that relationship with Skyler is so important because and why he is very taken aback with the relationship he's getting with this girl and why he's enjoying it so much and why he's so scared too is because the 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 way he connects with her, his intellect is not in the way because they're connecting at a deeper level. The thing with Jer- Jerry that or or Gerald, whatever the professor, right? Is that he, like you Selvig. said, Professor Selvig. <laughs> wrong multiverse. Uh, <laughs> this, is the, this is the Miramax multiverse. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> now, um, like you said, he's seeing the next ice time, he's seeing a demigod walking through the halls of MIT, right? So, but he's not seeing the person, he's not yeah. seeing this kid, which. The the name of the film, which I had, I, I I the idea of goodwill hunting, it kind of calls makes me think about the idea that what we're trying to say is that yes, he's a genius, but not only that, he's just a good kid that's been through bad shit. You know, like yeah, he's he's a good kid. He's he's a kid that cares about the people that care for him, right? Mm-hmm. A kid that was abused throughout all his life. He 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 beat up Carmine Scaplega, whatever that 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 Italian guy, not because because he hurt him back and now he can fight back. But you gotta think about every every the fact that he was a kid, that means he was he's one of the most vulnerable people in the world. And the people that were supposed to protect him did the worst to him. So yeah. he's just holding everything together. But then when you have these people like Scarlett, Chucky, and Sean that actually see him as a person, because you got to think about it. He has one more disadvantage or one more obstacle that a lot of other kids probably in his 
in his shoes would have is that the fact that he has this intellect or this ability gets in the way of him interacting with other people too. So that's an additional layer of, of division between other people. You know what I mean? Because it's not like, like, you know, when you, when you have issues, you find people that, that you can connect with, but he's always going to be disconnected in some way from everybody else, or at least that's the way he understands it. But it's not till he gets to Sean or he gets to Skylar and, and he has that conversation with Chuck, right? That he sees that, wait a minute, there's people that actually see me. That see me beyond all the books that I've read. Sees me beyond my never-ending desire to solve mouth problems because I can't help myself. You know? Yeah, that's why the title is it's so good because essentially his entire life he's been hunting for goodwill, right? Like that's that's the gist of it. He's been searching Damn it, Mike. That's brilliant. For, com for compassion, for people yes. who understand him. It's like that's why I feel like the title of this film is one of the most clever and creative. That I didn't had. think about that. I didn't I think just, about that either, to be honest. That just makes sense. It makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So there's so That's many ways points. None of them are none of them are wrong. Yes. And and going back to that final meeting with Sean, right? Is that how interesting and powerful it is? Um, the fact that we have that moment where Sean utters the words, it's not your fault. Right. To think that this. This cerebral titan of a young man. That could win any argument. Right. Is broken down by three words. Because he needed that human connection. He needed that healing. And like, that's the one thing that I love about this movie is that we all need that connection with someone yeah. we're, we're, we're built to be with people, to build relationships, to grow. And I like the fact that as he grows, Sean also grows. And I like how this movie is a good story about how we all can be with each other. So we can move forward and not stay stuck in life, which is awesome. <laughs> so poetic. So great. yeah. I think that's got to be like one of one of my favorite Matt Damon moments of all time because like what you said with Sean's side, there's just so much coming from him. And when he goes in to cry, you just – the camera holds on him and you just hear him scream, oh, my God, over and over again. And you're just sitting there and you're like, oh, my God, I'm finally being able to release all this, being able to open up to someone that finally understands that I've been through all this and they also handle a lot of the abuse stuff really well in this movie. Very subtly when you see Sean going through his files, trying to understand what he's been through and seeing what some of his um, foster parents left on his body mark wise. And it helps you understand subtly what he's been through to build up to this very emotional yet subtle moment where Honestly, if you're not paying too much attention to it, it might go over your head. But if you really dig deep, look in and stay in on that moment, both sides of the characters are just coming together beautifully in their emotional journey together. And it's not easy either because one of the things that gets me of that scene is that as he keeps saying and repeating, it's not your fault, right? And bringing those three words over. 
that moment closer and closer. And then uh, and then that moment where Matt where where Will comes and say, Don't fuck with me. Not you. Like, like every anybody else that comes at me, I'll punch them back, I'll kick their ass. But it's like, please don't don't be the one that messes up with me. You know, like like don't don't play with my emotions. Yeah. You know, mm. and, and that's what brings them together because Sean goes like, no, um, it's 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 for real because you got to think about it. Yes, he was in the he was in the process in the on the road to having a more deeper and powerful connection with Skyler, but because of his fear, he pushed her away, and now he has this other opportunity with Sean to co- to connect in the level that he needed to, and that's the moment when he finally gives in, and 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 it goes back to the idea is about taking that shot. Is about allowing yourself to to try it because some things there's not some things you don't know until you try it. And and what a great central message, you know. Unless you try it, you won't know. And I think that's one of the reasons why this movie is going to go in the annals of history, one of the best films of all time, because. It's one of those movies that the message is clear and powerful and universal. And also it's it doesn't feel dated, which in like there's no there's no like timestamps around, apart from the clothes, maybe. There's no real time stamp timestamps that are highlighted throughout the film where you would think that, oh, this didn't happen ten years ago, you know? Yeah. You know, it's not like we were talking about the Godfather the other day where you can see like posters of the time and stuff like that. Like this feels like it's something that can just exist in a pocket and and we can just watch it within that pocket and go back to it to and fro. Um, do you guys have a favorite line? Isaac, you've been you've been out of out of the woods. Let, let me get let me get you out of the woods for a bit. Do you have a favorite line or scene, Isaac? Well, it's uh, between two uh, scenes. One of them is, well, the whole it's not your fault scene because, god damn, I break down in tears, broke down in tears when I saw that one. And two, it's the conversation between Solon Skarsgård and Robin William about their point of view of how Will should handle his own life considering their different set of uh, different point of view in life. He should, uh, with Stella, believing that he should just use his gift and not think of anything else. And Sean, Robin Williams' character, uh, saying that he should have his own free will, so to speak, doing what he believes, sort of like uh, how he uh, did. Even though he, uh, which uh, Stella even admitted, was much smarter than uh, he was. It shows a more simplistic life. That's the scene at the bar. Yeah, with the sa- with the sandwiches. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that's a great scene. That is a great. It's like it's funny. Like you got these two foster dads trying to decide what to do with this kid. Because that's the other thing, right? The other thing that makes those two characters so interesting is that there's no way that Will is not seeing them as. Yeah two father figures, right? And they too want the best for them for what they understand. But at the same time, it's like, I like the idea, I like that what you're saying because it's at the end of the day, it's Will's decision. But sometimes parents just want to push something. 
Yeah. Yeah. Skarsgård's such a like that character, the professor, is so interesting too, because yeah. he's he's not like a straight up villain. He's very he's he's the antagonist of the story, really, because he's trying to push Will into a corner he doesn't necessarily want to be in, a position he doesn't really want to be in. And so he's constantly butting heads with him and, and Sean. And so I just like, again, like Ben Affleck, that's a really strong performance, even if you don't really think about it, because he, you see, like my favorite, you were talking about favorite moments or lines of dialogue. One of my favorites is like that his final confrontation with Will and how that entire scene goes about because he's pushing Will to be great and it's tearing him apart knowing that somebody is just as good, if not better than me, and doesn't want to go down this path. They're going to waste this. They're going to throw away that shot, right? We've been sitting on that Hamilton reference for almost 40 minutes. (laughs) He was going to throw away that shot. (laughs) And that was eating him up alive. And I just think him as a character, is it's very interesting, especially when you put him with Sean and see how they went down very different roads. Um, so as far as my favorite scene, it's probably that one because it, a lot of things come to a head as we kind of get towards the end of the story. And so everything leading up to that point is great, but I really love how it all kind of blows up in his face towards the end for lack of a better word. Cause the payoff is just so strong, not because he's a villain and he deserved it, but that's where it was leading the entire time. And just seeing that play out, I thought was really well executed. I also like, um, and I'm going to you, Ryan, in a minute. Is, but but going off what you what you put out there, Mike, I like the idea that it's one of the things, one of the other sub themes, right? That that we see as the two foster dads talk about Will, and they interact with Will in different ways, different scenarios. Is the idea that, um, in terms of perspective, there's two different ways of viewing success, right? And the idea of what success is or can be varies from person to person right not necessarily what i think is success is going to be success for you guys like for example in my personal life a lot of people get upset why i take so many days off but i'm (laughs) perfectly happy with my work with my work schedule i designed it that way and it works for me because i see success differently you know, and and the and just in the same the person that always takes a vacation and the person that never takes a vacation, but I like how this is seen here. Like the i the like like the professor was fighting for what he believes is success and should be success for Will, while Sean is trying to get to the point that it's not about what you think is success. It's not about what you think is a failure. He needs to figure out what success looks like for him. Yeah, and like what you just point. said right there, right, of he's trying to find success for Will. It's, again, that's why he's not necessarily a bad guy. He's doing what right. he thinks is best for Correct. Will. Correct. Even if it's not necessarily what's right. best for Will, which is awesome. You got you got a best scene, line, or moment? Best best line you've already said was from Ben Affleck is you've got you've got the ticket and you got the winning lotto ticket in front of you, but you're too big of a pussy to cash it in. Because <laughs> that's literally that it's not only the delivery, but it's literally the truest thing on life. We get these opportunities yeah. that are the golden ticket moments. It might be big, it might be small, but there are some of us, we've all had those moments where We've been too afraid of whatever it is. It might be too much of a risk, too much of out of our comfort zone, something we're not used to. And we miss out on it so much. And you 
don't want to see Will miss out on so much of this throughout the movie because you you see how smart it is, he is. You see how much he loves uh, Mini Driver in this movie. And you sit there in the whole movie, he's like, he's fucking himself over by being so stubborn. Everyone's trying to help him. But the only way to get through him is emotionally. And that's the hardest way that no one's been able to accomplish. And finally, when you get through that and you finally see him go through and cash that fucking ticket in at the end of the movie, it's so rewarding. And it, you feel that whenever you do it in life. And that's why I love that line so much. Yeah. Also, also, just to piggyback off of that right quick, I love how the – like Brandon said earlier, it's not – the true ending, the perfect ending, right? Using video game terms, it's a good ending because we don't really know how it turns out for him. And that's fine. He exactly. took that he he took yep. the risk that the movie has been setting up the entire yep. time. Yeah. And, right. that's and that's why, why it's so great. Exactly. That's why I think it's you couldn't end it any other way. Yeah. You, you don't want to over-explain what's going on here. You want to leave it like, hey, it may have not worked out or could have worked out perfectly fine. But the point is, he did it, and that's what matters. Or you can be meta and say, like, Will Hunting took a shot, and Matt Damon became one of the biggest actors of our generation. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know, it's like Yo Will took a shot and became Jason Bourne. So, <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's Jason Bourne. <laughs> like he became the thriller that <laughs> Will Hunting was supposed to be. Um, no, but yeah, it's uh, it's, and that's what I was gonna say, like. It's the ending, it's like it has this bittersweet thing to it, yeah. which most things in life have that flavor because you just have to, you know, it's funny you said when when Ryan, you said golden ticket, I figure, yeah, we're going to catch it in. Maybe I just get a Wonka bar. Maybe I go to the factory. I don't know, but I'll get something. Um, right. But all it also goes back to the to the lake scene because the one thing that, that 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 Sean is is pointing out to Will is that you may know a lot of things, but if you don't, there's certain things that until you experience them, you don't know anything. And and the fact that he went to experience it, you know, and 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 it's funny because when you look at all the times that that Will is pushing back, especially with Skyler, is that he's afraid of the experiences. Because of how many traumatic experiences he's had. And and I don't know. You always root for a character that decides to try it. Get another hand and ship in, you know. Um, now, in terms of my favorite scene, um, it's, it is definitely the not your fault. Part of me wanted to go like, you suspect. No, that's not my favorite. <laughs> um, I like them apples. Yes. That one and... and um, but the whole thing is not your fault is one of the best scenes ever because it's just – it's what everything leads up to. It's, and it's like that's the one scene where everything could have fallen apart, right? Yeah. It's like one of those scenes that are so delicate and unless you have the right actor playing the role, it just wouldn't land, right? It's similar to I, – I, I'm going to bring this over. It's similar to Avengers Endgame. There's so many reasons why that movie should have failed, but it lands – so hard and so good in so many moments and the moments that it needs to that's and it's mainly because you have the right actors doing the right roles and doing the right things right so there's that's just like 
the perfect alignment of all the stars happen in that scene. And that's why that's my favorite scene. Now, can we talk about how much of a 90s movie this is? <laughs> like, like we got we got the 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 intro that's like two minutes long with all the credits and like the music. Like, this is like I haven't seen a 90s movie in a long time, but man, is this a 90s movie. <laughs> At least it's not as bad as when the original West Side story, the opening credits were like 15 minutes long. Like I kid you not, we're close to like. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, I said I said nineties movie, not sixties or fifties. I'm just saying in comparison. No, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but do do we remember the, that we used to have movies that started like this? You remember, like, you remember when the first San Raimi Spider Man came out? It's when we had two credits, one at the beginning and one at the end. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Or the montage from Spider-Man 2, right? <laughs> or the montage from Spider-Man 3 of the montage of Spider-Man 2 in 1. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, like those are like things that we don't see anymore. Now we get excited when we watch Attack on Titan and there's no credits, no opening theme. And all we see, like, it just starts right off the bat. And we're like, oh, yeah. It's like, we're Didn't Deadpool have an opening montage also? Um, I think so. Yeah, so. but the second one was like a bit of a riff off of like the James Bond type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. they were going for that type yes. of joke, at least yes. I think. And they bring yeah. the big guns, the Titanic, yeah. Celine Dion. Um, <laughs> no, this is not a Titanic podcast, but I figure we bring it um, next time, baby. <laughs> oh boy! So, anything else you guys have on Will Hunting? Anything in particular that you guys want to throw to the gauntlet before we head out? It's just a great fucking movie. Agarade. Yeah. Poster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's all that needs to be said. Yes. Yes. There's a lot of, I mean, it had a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's a shit. An A cinema score. Like, there's a reason why this is one of the best movies of all time, of our generation, at least, right? And um, we're going to keep talking this forever. For sure. Um, so, guys, this is awesome. Take five of the Shatter after. Go Will Hunting. Amazing movie. Ryan, so awesome for you to join us to have this awesome convo. Um, where can people find your artistic outings, brother? Oh, man. Thank you guys so much for having me on. I love talking about this movie. And you know what? Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, they're still killing it. I love them so much. Uh, actually, yeah. that deep water aside on Hulu. Um, <laughs> They're killing it. Uh, <laughs> yes. But yeah. uh, you guys can always find me on Twitter, just Ryan again. Uh, just a good shit poster once in a while. And, you know, Suit Up Geeks, we've got me and a bunch of my co-hosts. There's three of us. We do a monthly draft, which is awesome. And now we got our Tournament of the Champions going on. So go over, check the, the Twitter out, see who has the best drafted team, best films of all time. Uh, so go check that out. Go vote on who you think is going to win. And yeah, thank you guys so much for having me on again. Love ta- love talking about it. So next draft rolls around. Do you take Goodwill Hunting now that you've actually seen it all the way through? I So ironically <laughs> enough, I was consider considering taking it last night, but I wanted – I already had like a drama in there, so I kind of mm-hmm. went with um, you a, keep a good old comedy. Right? I went with uh, – what was it? Pineapple Express. <laughs> so nice. That is that is a crazy movie. Love that movie so much. 
Great choice. Great choice. <laughs> nice. Isaac, where can we find you, man? Well, you can find my work over at Webum Entertainment, where I write uh, all kind of reviews. And you can find me on Twitter over at Emblemaniac. Sweet. Mike Thomas. You can find me at Novacinephile everywhere. YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, you can also find me, if you're watching the YouTube version, this, this is the channel, Novacinephile. Hit subscribe. If you're listening on the podcast feed, that's fine too. I'm not mad, but still <laughs> su- subscribe. Thanks. <laughs> and you can find me at the Scarlet Fan 52 on Twitter, at the Scarlet Fan 52 on Instagram, at the Scarlet Fan 52 on TikTok, even though I have no idea what I'm doing there. But, <laughs> and you can also find Mike, Isaac, and myself on the Amateur Otaku podcast, where we talk all things manga and anime every week. Um, we got great stuff coming up. And you can find the Shatter After and its playlist at the TNC Network and on wherever podcasts are found on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public. The Shatter After is there everywhere. We recently did an episode on The Godfather for its 50th anniversary. As you guys know, Sonic 2 is coming out. So you can also check out in our playlist the episode on Sonic 1, which was amazing. I had a great time doing it. And we look forward to seeing you guys soon with more Shatter After. Next one we're doing, I have no idea which one it is, but we got a bunch of movies that are, we're covering very soon. Shape of Water, we're doing the Blade Runners, the Batman, Avengers. We're doing a lot of crazy stuff in the Shatter After, and we always have stuff to say. So thank you for checking us out, and we will see you next time. Peace. Plus Ultra. Peace. <laughs>